Welcome to episode number three of Mental Health Mondays, where I am interviewing guests who are in the mental health profession, guests who experience or live with mental health challenge challenges, or any advocates for mental health. And I'm super excited to bring my guest for today because she's in a space that maybe you wouldn't think, I mean, I think about it as being um, very much in tune with the mental health world, but maybe something that you don't necessarily always think about. So I'm going to bring up my guest, Michelle. Let me open. There we go. Yay. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking your time. Thank you. No, thank you so much for inviting me. This is such an important subject. And I think that, you know, mental health and the whole stigma, thankfully, it's come around. I think people are more apt now to share if they have mental health issues or depression and anxiety. I mean, especially during COVID, so many people, including myself, had anxiety issues. And so I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing this because we need to talk about it. And in the field that I'm in, I'm a plastic surgery coach and I deal with these issues. I'm, I want to preference by saying I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, and so I just want to preference that. But I do deal with a lot of issues surrounding body dysmorphic disorder and people that are obsessed with their body parts and many different revisions and just not happy. And I like to work with my clients. I think it's really important to work with them holistically. And so the self-love is really something that I focus on. Like, why are you having the surgery? What do you hope to get out of it? Let's talk about your aesthetic goals. But coming from a place of self-love, because we all have our, we're all beautiful in our own way. And if we want to enhance a part of our body, that's okay. As long as we're doing it for the right reasons and we're not obsessing about it. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, I recently had uh, plastic surgery in, what was it? March of this year. And I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know that there were coaches out there until I really heard you speak at the mastermind that we're both a part of. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's people out there that can actually help you because I know that there is a lot of anxiety that tends to come up and it's, yes, there's so many different aspects of plastic surgery that I didn't even think or know to think about because this yes. was the first time I had ever, ever done that. So um, tell me more. <laughs> well, there is, I mean, there's, if, if someone is unhappy to begin with, you know, lots of times we're going through whatever it is. Right. And so some people do shopping, right. Like, you know, and I have some, I sometimes do that. Oh, you know, I'm not feeling so great for whatever reason. And, oh, I need to buy something now. And I know that that's like a shopaholic. I mean, that's, 
that's not a good thing. And um, I don't consider myself a shopaholic, but I will say I have used shopping as a way to feel good. I remember when I got divorced from my first husband, I um, right after I, I felt so good, but I needed to buy something. I just I needed to feel, okay, I need to reward myself for getting divorced from him. Um, but I'm aware of when I go down that path, I'm because it's taken me years, but I am aware of it. So with plastic surgery or even fillers and Botox, people have a tendency sometimes to get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's interesting because there have been studies, and I, I can't quote them because I don't remember um, where they are right now, but there have been studies that show that actually Botox can help you feel better. Mm. So I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's like you shouldn't do it just to feel better. Um, but sometimes you need a little perk and it's okay. I think it's okay as long as you understand yourself and you know, like I can speak personally when I feel, oh, okay, it's time for a little Botox. And I kind of look forward to it. And then I have it done and and I feel better. Um, And so I'm aware of when I feel I need it both psychologically and physically. And I think that if you have awareness with what you're doing and why you're doing it, then that's one thing. If If you are constantly wanting to do it over and over and over again because you don't like the way it looks, and that's where you get into trouble. Um, I have, I work with many clients and recently it's been a lot of rhinoplasty revisions Mm. and it's about managing those expectations. So if you have surgery and you're not happy with the surgery and clearly you have a reason to not be happy with the surgery. I mean, sometimes things don't go right. That's just the way it is. It happens. And in this particular case, um, this young woman had a rhinoplasty and it, her nose is not straight. When you look at it head on, you can see, I mean, I, I can see what she's talking about. It's not something that she's focusing on. That's not real. Mm. And, but there's a lot, that goes on mentally you really when people have surgery and they're not happy with the surgery afterwards you can go down a really deep dark path and you can go down a rabbit hole which is not pleasant and it's really scary to go down there because then you want to fix it but now you're afraid and there's a lot a lot of anxiety around that and so I work with clients that are dealing with this anxiety and revisions. I mean, sometimes it's not a revision, but it's especially when it's the revision because it hasn't gone right the first time. And, but there's a fine line between it hasn't gone right, it doesn't look right, to you got what you wanted, you were very clear aesthetically of what you wanted, you got what you wanted, but then when you get it, you're still not happy. Mm. That's a different situation. Now you're starting to hyper-focus 
on what you got but don't like now why don't you like it because there's also a fine line with a surgeon so a surgeon isn't going to do a free revision if there's a misunderstanding of your expectations and what i caution people is that it's so easy to photoshop right yeah. <laughs> you know, we can morph our faces we can look absolutely perfect so now you take your face and you move around pixels and now you've got a perfect face and you go bring that picture to the surgeon. And now the surgeon moves around the pixels and gives you a perfect face on the computer, but that's not reality. Yeah. That's not reality. We're, we're all individuals. We're not, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And so it's complicated. It's really complicated. I think that, and I've said this many times, and I've even said this to surgeons, I would love to see every surgeon have a psychological intake mm. or have a connection with a therapist who specializes in plastic surgery or body dysmorphic disorder. And before someone signs off to have surgery, to get evaluated. Oh. Or at least to have in the intake medical forms questions. And that if the surgeon sees any red flags with the answers to the questions, then he can talk to the patient and maybe then refer a patient out first. Like, let's make sure that we're on the same page. Let's make sure that you're doing this for the right reasons. You know, it's it shouldn't just always be about money. And plastic surgery has become a huge business especially since COVID, they're calling it Zoom Boom and Plastic Surgery and Zoom Face, you know, because we're all looking at ourselves, right? And we see all these wrinkles and lines and we don't like this and we don't like this. And and it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I know it's it's tough for me too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And I had bad plastic surgery. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. I went down a rabbit hole. You know, I... I look in the 30x mirror and and I see myself aging and 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 so I mean I deal with this too. I'm 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 human. I'm normal. Well, I don't. <laughs> okay, let's not normal. But but I'm I'm I have the same I have the same issues as a lot of people do. I'm not always happy and up and and you know things things bother me too and. And so, you know, mental health and your image, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you look good. You know, it's, it's goes around and round, but I look at people when I'm doing consultations and coaching, it's a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It's everything. It's not just well, here, here's a referral to a surgeon, goodbye. No, no, we go really deep into who you are, your aesthetic goals, make sure you're healthy, nutrition, mind, body, and soul. Um, and so you're prepared for your surgery. When you have your surgery, you're not only prepared, you're prepared mentally, you know what to expect, we're dealing with your anxiety, but you're also prepared physically. I do functional nutrition coaching and mm. with my, with my um, clients as well. We, we work on the health part to make sure that your body is optimized 
for this because surgery is surgery. And that goes for any surgery, not just for plastic surgery. And any surgery is scary. <laughs> right? Any yeah. scary. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not just plastic surgery, but any type of surgery is scary and there's anxiety. And so how do we cope with the anxieties and talk about them that, you know, it's okay that you're feeling this way. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah, no, there were, so when you were talking, there were two things that I thought of. Um, you're talking about the Botox and I have heard recently that it helps really well with migraines, which mm -hmm. I have experienced migraines a good chunk of my life, but not to the extreme that I've needed or really thought about getting Botox because usually it's like twice a year, maybe. Um, so that's definitely, I mean, it's like you said, it's something that it could be medical necess necessary or start thinking if it's something that you're getting obsessed with doing it constantly. So I like that you said um, it definitely can be medically good for you or it could be the opposite depending on what's coming up. And then the other question that I had, I know you talk about you work with um, people pre-surgery. Do you also work post, like with post-surgery? It sounds like you do. Yes. Okay. So I work with, I work with my clients all the way through their journey. And um, I also do some aftercare locally, unless someone flies me to where they're having surgery, I'll, I'll take care of them. But on the coaching aspect, yes, because that's really important. I mean, I've had clients that, again, we're going to go, we're going to rhinoplasty. This has been a, a huge thing lately uh, with the rhinoplasty. But I, not too long ago, I, I had a, a client and, you know, she went to a wonderful surgeon, you know, one of the top rhinoplastic revision surgeons. And she, and all, as much as I coached her, I think there was a little bit of a gap at the practice. You know, I can just do so much, yeah. but I also expect the plastic surgery practices and the patient coordinators to also do their part. And their part is preparing the patient as well. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing it from a consulting end, but they need to prepare the patient too. And I think there was a gap in this particular case, but my, my client called me when, well, I spoke to her the day of her surgery. I spoke to after her surgery and I always do check-ins and they can video me and show me what they look like. And if I think if there's anything that I see that's, that I feel is not right, I will tell them. But most of the time, I mean, that's really rare. It's, but they need to hear it from me because the doctor will say, yeah, you're healing naturally and this is normal. <laughs> and, but when I say it's normal, yes, you're okay. It's, I'm not coming from the same, um, the same mental, what am I trying to say? I'm not coming from the same perspective as, as the surgeon, because the surgeon typically says that unless there's something really wrong. Um, and so, but, but when her cast came off, 
from her nose. She called me just totally freaking out. And so, yes, I'm, I'm there for that. And I had to calm her down and really talk her through it the swelling because it's one thing to say you know doctor says you're going to be swollen you're really not going to see the results for a long time and they put a timeline on it you know whether it's six months a year you know and your swelling is going to go down and and that's all fine well and good you can say that but does the patient really hear it all the time no (laughs) no the patient doesn't hear it and the reality and especially if you're going back in and you've had a lot of things done and it is a revision and it is more complicated. Yeah, she was swollen. She was swollen. But in her mind, she wasn't prepared mm-hmm. for all that swelling. She, I mean, she literally was having a meltdown. And so I'm there for my clients and I've talked them off of the ledge figuratively. Mm-hmm. Before surgery and after surgery, many times, you know, I love, I love the doctors I work with. I work independently. I I don't have any financial connections with any of the doctors. I'm one of the few independent plastic surgery coaches. I don't even know if there is another independent plastic surgery coach. Um, And I've always been like that and I will stay like that. Um, And so it's really important that I have a good relationship with the doctors as well as with, as with my clients. And, you know, but sometimes they don't, they don't have time for the handholding. They mm. really don't. Yeah. I'm, you know, they're dealing with many, many patients, right? I mean, and sometimes patients slip through the cracks because they don't have very good follow-up. And that's unfortunate, but that's sometimes what happens. So as one of my clients said to me and thanked me, I'm an extra layer of protection Mm. for them. And I'm a patient advocate too. So if something happens, I'm there for them. You know, there's a dark side to plastic surgery, especially today. And you can go online, you can read all kinds of horrible stories. And so it's not something that you should do lightly. And you need to be in the right mental state for it. I mean, I, you know, as I said, I I know what it's like to have a surgical procedure and then not be happy with the result and have your surgeon lie to you. And I mean, just Mm -hmm. lots of stuff and go down that rabbit hole and get really angry at yourself. You know, why did you make this decision? Why did you choose this surgeon? You know, why did this happen to me? And that's a that's a normal response, but no one wants to listen to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, your family probably doesn't want to hear it. Your husband or, or wife or whatever probably doesn't want to hear it. Your friends probably don't want to hear it. You know, there's other things that happen. There's a lot of... Um, Sometimes your your friends are actually jealous that mm-hmm. you've had something done. And they say, well, you don't need that done. Or why did you do that? Or, you know, I don't believe in that. There's a lot of emotions that come up, especially amongst women. You know, women have a tendency to be competitive, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and so there's a lot, there's a lot of psychology that comes up. And so it's really hard if you've had surgery and you're not happy to then lots of my, most of my clients don't even tell their parents. Wow. That they don't tell anyone that they're having surgery. You know, wow. my clients aren't, aren't the ones that are on Instagram touting, I've had this done, I've had that done. No, my clients are really private mm. and I respect their privacy and they don't want everyone to know what they've had done. It's no one's business, actually. It's no one's business. And, you know, same with celebrities. It's no one's business. A celebrity wants to do whatever they want to do. You know, we got to zip it up. Give them the privacy that they need. I, I, I have a hard time, you know, when people start posting all these things and they're they're saying all this negative stuff around someone getting some surgery. It's not their business. Let yeah. People do whatever they need to do because social media is 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 horrible for your mental health. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, you want to talk about you want to talk about mental health? You know, let's let's talk about what Instagram does to your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And what's real and what's not real. I mean, you know, I got to stop myself too. Mm. I'm I'm in my sixties. I'm not. I'm not thirty, forty, fifty. Well, I'm no, I'm not thirty. But I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm in my sixties. I'm so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure, lots of lots of pressure, and it's and it's not always you know it's not always easy. Yeah, no, it definitely. I mean, I'm thinking about my surgery earlier this year, and I mean, I'm pretty open with it, but I I got a breast reduction because I mean, ever since I was 16, I've really wanted one, and so just thinking about what you were talking about is that as I was so excited to get it right. Like I didn't even, I probably didn't even listen to what my doctor was saying because I was like, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I've had back problems my whole entire life. And it's just been like really, really hard on my body. And I was so gung ho to get this completed that I didn't really even listen to like what was actually going to happen during the procedure. And then afterwards, like I, again, it was my very first time I've ever had any major surgery other than getting my tonsils out when I was little. And so I, afterwards I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is so painful. And I didn't realize how much pain I would be in. And then also as, as it progressed, like seeing my scars and I was like, what did I do to myself? Like what, like mm-hmm. I, I call it, I call it Franken boob. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what pops in my head whenever I think about it. And I'm like, what in the heck did I just do to myself? Like, and, and now I'm having all these regrets, but then I'm also just like, yeah, all these emotions are coming up that I didn't even know that I was going to experience. And then I'm sad because I can't like hug my son and, you know, yeah. So it really truly is more of this experience and it goes into all of these mental health things that will potentially come up as you're going through the process. So I love that you're that extra layer for people to really understand, like, what am I about to go through and how, how are all these things going to come up after it's over? Because really like 
like you said, my doctor's like, Oh, I love how you're healing. And I'm looking at it. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you know, I'm like, I'm healing good. Like, this is good. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. Cause I have no idea. <laughs> well, see that that's unfortunate because again, as I said, really surgeons need to spend more time or the practice needs to spend more time explaining the post-op recovery it's not just getting the surgery and then going home and you don't know anything and what you're experiencing is really really common and this thing of what did I do I hear that all the time when I when I do aftercare for patients that are not my clients Mm. and I'm just doing the aftercare and I'm taking care of them Nine out of 10 times, they're not prepared. Mm. And it's the same, what did I do? I I hear that all the time. And I sometimes I'm with them for 24 hours, up to two weeks, um, 10 days. um, And I do hear that. And the constant question, does this look okay? Does this look okay? Is this normal? Does this look okay? And it's over and over and over again. And all they want is the reassurance that what they've done was the right thing and that it's healing properly and they're going to be happy with the results. And it's really important. Again, the practices need to do better than that. They really do. The only cases, and this is really interesting. I also work with transgender patients Mm. And those surgeries, totally different, totally different mindset. They are so happy. At least that's been my experience when I work with transgender patients that, you know, especially most of the patients that I work with are going from female to male. Mm. And it's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different psychology in their recovery. And it's, it's really interesting from, from my perspective when I work with the transgender patients um, because they, they're doing something that they've always felt that they needed to do. And it's, so it's different. Yeah. It's, it's different, but it's, it is a different psychology. And so the, having your mind in a certain space before you do this And that's where the work needs to be before the surgery. So you're totally prepared for after the surgery and, you know, you'll get over it. I mean, it'll, it'll heal. Right. And it'll be fine. um, Hopefully. And you'll be happy with your result, but the process doesn't happen overnight and that's okay. Be kind to yourself. I mean, that's okay. You know, it's to be expected. It's okay to feel that way. You know, lots of people get depressed right after their surgeries. Mm. It's not abnormal to get depressed right after surgery. All this anticipation, you're excited. You have all this anticipation and then it happens and then you're pumped with drugs and then you've got the recovery and then you're healing and you've got wounds and you've got scars. And so it takes a while. So I think it's important to be kind to yourself. And give yourself that time to heal. And if you really are going down a rabbit hole for whatever reason and you're having issues, you know, 
pick up the phone and and make an appointment to see your surgeon. Mm-hmm. It, you should always talk to your surgeon first because you are that patient for life. Mm-hmm. You really are. And so whatever problems, whatever you're feeling, you know, a lot of people don't want to pick up the phone and call their surgeon. They think, oh, this is a silly question. He's too busy or she's too busy. No, you got to advocate for yourself. Pick up the phone and talk to them. And then if you feel that you really need to go beyond that, find a therapist Mm. and talk to a therapist about what you're feeling about your body and get some professional help. You know, I, I can't do that. I, I, you know, I can't cross the lines of, I, of going into therapy with my clients because I'm, I'm not a licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I will refer out if I feel someone really needs to talk to a therapist and that, Maybe they shouldn't get the surgery. Maybe that's not a good thing for them to do right now. That it would be better to sort out what's going on with them, with their mental health first, with a therapist, and get healthy, and then work with myself and and with the the surgery, deciding if they want to have the surgery once they've gone through therapy, or at least have that therapist there so they can work with them through that because um, it's a tough thing. If you're not happy, if you're not happy and you're looking to surgery to solve that problem, it's not the way to go. It's not. You're going to cause more harm and you're just going to be spinning your wheels and you're not ever going to be happy. And if a doctor sees that, if that's a red flag, they're not going to want to do surgery on you either. You know, as you are interviewing them, they're interviewing you too. Because they don't want a patient that is going to be coming back and coming back and saying they're not happy, they're not happy, they're not happy. They don't want that either. So... As I said, it's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I mean, a perfect point is that, I mean, just because you're thinking about plastic surgery, you want to ask yourself, like, why am I really thinking about that? Is this going to be beneficial or harmful to me? Right. So, I mean, making sure that you're going through, whether it be counseling or therapy or whatever really is coming up for you is asking yourself those hard questions. And then if this really is something that you're wanting to do, uh, make sure that you're right in the mind, make sure that you're healthy. And I love that you can be that extra layer for them too, to kind of figure out and see if this really is truly something that they want to go through and then also support them after. Because yeah, the plastic surgeons do tend to get they tend to get busy, right? Like you, it it takes, it takes weeks to get in with them. But usually at least with my, my surgeon, they had like, you could text message on the, the app that they had. And Mm -hmm. at least a nurse would get back to you, but you still kind of sit around and you're like, okay, well, is this normal? Is this not normal? Like what's happening? And so really challenging your mindset and making sure that you're, you're good before, and plastic surgery is not like the end all be all of whatever's coming up in my brain at this time. And then making sure that you're really going into it in a healthy space. 
so that you can come out of it in a healthy space also, because yes, they do. After, after surgery, you get, you get the drugs to help with the pain and then, you know, it can potentially lead into other things that start to come up. So I just love that you mentioned that. Yeah, and I love the drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, and it's, <laughs> to get off those drugs quickly is is what's important. I always I always tell my clients that you know, yeah, don't be a martyr for the first 24, 48 hours after that. But then um, then let's talk and let's see how you feel because that can also mess with your head. Yeah. And it's important too to know your timeline. Like for me, it took me a little bit longer than what they said was my time frame of when I would start feeling better. And so it's understanding even your own personal body and advocating for yourself and making sure that you give yourself that grace of, hey, I may not fit in this little time frame or this box of when they said I'll be okay. And you know, advocating for yourself. So, <laughs> well, that's why it's really important to do some nutritional assessment. Mm. And that's an area, unfortunately, that the surgeons don't do because they just haven't been trained. Um, I understand that the new surgeons that are in medical school, I think they're starting to get some nutritional training, but mm -hmm. to go into the surgery, <clears throat> excuse me, go into the surgery knowing that you're you're healthy and taking those extra supplements are so important and what are those extra supplements and getting the proper blood work and making sure that you don't have anything else going on that you may not even be aware of you could have mm -hmm. you could have inflammation going on in your body all the time or have an autoimmune disorder or many different things and not be aware of it like maybe mm -hmm. you feel a little tired or you know maybe you haven't really um, discuss those things with your doctor. And so when you're healing, you've got a big inflammation mm. that you are healing after surgery. But if you've had it before surgery, then your recovery is going to take longer. So I always think it's a really good idea to make sure that you get thorough blood work done and you're taking extra supplements depending on what it is that your body needs. But then there's certain supplements that are very specific and that you're eating an anti-inflammatory diet mm -hmm. and before surgery and after surgery and you're hydrating, you know, aftercare, I'm a huge advocate of proper aftercare. And I think that more people when they have plastic surgery, really, you know, you're spending all this money on the surgery and then there's other fees that you should um, account for. And mm -hmm. one of those is hiring a professional to take care of you afterwards so that you can heal better, you know, away from your family for, for a couple of days, two or three days, depending on what your surgery is and making sure that you have someone who can, can see if there's any, if there's anything wrong, if, you know, if there's any emergency or if something doesn't look right and just to be there for you, make sure that you're eating, make sure that you're hydrating, make sure that you're taking your, your meds um, and just helping you for the first few days after surgery, I think is really critical to healing and mm -hmm. having a good recovery. And because from my own experience and what I know about the industry, you know, family members are not always the, 
best people to take care of you. You know, if you have drains and you've got body fluid and, you know, it's blood, it's messy. It's mm. messy. And lots of people don't even want to deal with their own wounds and their own body fluids, let alone ask, you know, their, their friend or their husband or wife or children or no, 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 no. Hire, hire a professional caretaker who specializes in plastic surgery to mm. take care of you afterwards. You're going to feel so much better and have a easier recovery. Wow. That's amazing. Not something that's I would have. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. It's, not something I would have thought of. So I love that we're having this conversation and I love all the tips and the tricks that you have given. I mean, this is just super eye-opening for me also. And so if somebody does want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at niptuckcoach. My website is also niptuckcoach. I'm launching a new website. My, my website's getting a facelift finally <laughs> um but they can still reach me on my old website nip tuck coach i'm also on facebook under nip tuck coach so my social media handle is nip tuck coach i have a downloadable free ebook called be beautiful not botched and if you go to my instagram account and you go to my bio you can download you can get information about how to contact me as well as download the free ebook. And I recently updated it for the Zoom Boom of Plastic Surgery. And I also added my story. So you can read about what happened to me as well. I've been in the industry over 25 years, but I do have a story as we all have stories, right? Um, but the book is really helpful, really simple, and it will hopefully keep you safe and make you think a little bit more before you have a procedure. So I recommend that you go to my Instagram account and you download that. Or you can download it, I think, also on my, on my website. And then I have, my email is hello at niptuckcoach.com. So just remember the, the show Nip Tuck. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I, I, love, that. I love that show. <laughs> that show was, was, was great in its day. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, got a little wild, but right. uh, a little bit. Yeah, no, little that's bit. so amazing. I really appreciate you coming on today and giving all of these tips and tricks. And I will drop the link to um, your website definitely in the comments. But thank you so much for joining thank me you. today. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, if that was helpful for you, this is episode number three of Mental Health Mondays. Again, we are um, interviewing guests that are in the mental health professional professional space, those that experience or live with a mental health challenge or advocates for mental health. So again, you can find Michelle if you are somebody that is going to have plastic surgery or you need a coach around your plastic surgery and maybe you're not you need that in-between person you can find Michelle and we'll put all of her information in the comments but if this was useful make sure you subscribe and join us every single Monday for mental health Mondays thank you so much and have a great day